this opportunity to study your word of Daniel. Uh, Lord, already we're uh, kind of under attack here. Uh, modern technology abandoned us for a moment. So we do pray, Lord, that all the technology will go well here, that you'll bless those who are listening. Help us understand your word, Lord, for your glory and honor. Amen. Amen. You know, Nathan, I really love that. You know, you and I, we're very flexible here in terms of how we do the programs and things, but you're absolutely right. We see already, I mean, just the opening of the program, how prayer is so important, Nate. You made such a great point. Yes, you almost wonder if God wanted us to have an object lesson here. That You know, <laughs> that is so... <laughs> well, Nathan, but this is so important, and I'm, I'm so glad, though, when these things happen for our viewing audience and for our listening audience to recognize how real the demonic realm is, how real prayer is, and how effective prayer really is. Because sometimes we think, well, prayer is like a feel-good type of thing that I do to make me feel better. But here the Bible teaches us, Nate, that we actually dispatch angelic beings to war against the, the demonic realm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we can read as we go through chapter 10, the angel even gives us a little behind the scenes about what caused him to take three weeks. I mean, Daniel, remember, was, was fasting and praying for three weeks. And yeah. there's actually a little irony to the story, which we'll get to when we get to the end, that, that Daniel might not have had to wait three weeks if it wasn't for spiritual warfare. Mm, excellent, excellent. So, yeah, Nathan, so we're going to pick it up there, uh, beginning uh, on verse 12 through verse uh, 15, if you wouldn't mind continuing to take us to this incredible passages. Okay, well, uh, again, to catch up just a bit, yes. Daniel had uh, lost his energy, and the angel touched him and strengthened him, so Daniel had the ability to listen. And picking up in verse 12, and then he, the angel, said to me, Daniel, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand yeah. and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. <clears throat> but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Mm. Nathan, you know, uh, something that, that, that jumped out at me, maybe the same way as you, verse 12 says that it says, since the first day that he set his heart to understand and to humble himself, right? It says that, in other words, as soon as he started, something in the angelic realm began to take place. Yeah, it shows us how well-connected Christians are to God, especially even now, and this is the Old Testament, now believers in Christ have the Holy Spirit in them. We've got a direct line to God, whereas before yeah. the, they didn't. But yeah, And then look how the angel describes Daniel's, um, the way he went about seeking God's guidance. You know, One, he set his heart to understand. In other words, he was open to whatever God was going to reveal to him, positive or negative, yes. and he humbled himself before the Lord. And when he set his heart to understand God's will, and he went before the Lord humbly in prayer, then his words were heard. I think, brother, that is a fantastic formula for Christians today when we approach God seeking direction and answers in our lives. Wow, what a great point. You know, it's true, Nathan. Sometimes we approach God like a, he's a Santa Claus in heaven and that he has to do this for me, right? And, and, yeah. And that's not the approach. Like you said, we should go to the Lord humbly, making our requests known. And I, we're human. I don't know how many times I've gone to the Lord in frustration as I <laughs> wait and wait and wait for an answer. And sometimes you could wait months and some people even years for an answer to prayer. But Daniel approached it. He approached willing to take whatever God was going to say. Mm. And he did it humbly, knowing that God was superior. 
He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's got it all together. And it's God who has the best will for our lives. And that is a fantastic formula for us. And I myself need to apply that more to my life when I seek God's guidance. Mm -hmm. Nathan, you said it. And, you know, that's the hardest part is for we to accept whatever God's will is when we pray. Because sometimes God says no. Sometimes he says yes. Right. Sometimes he says wait. And that's where the patient comes in. Yeah. Waiting is the worst, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, Nathan, and we hear it all the time, and I really believe that that is the test of Christianity. That is the test of patience. Are we content when God says nothing? When he says, hey, you're in a waiting period here because the reason why is maybe because God is trying to prepare us, right? Nathan, like Daniel here, he prayed, but it wasn't an immediate answer. Right, and there's an old saying that it's not the destination but the journey. And as we grow to become more Christ-like, that's what we're called Christians, we're little Christ, we're growing to become more Christ-like, and that's part of our life, our walk of sanctification as we become more holy, as the Lord works through us to make us more like Him, is that sometimes the journey is more important than the destination. Sometimes God's answer isn't as important as how He changes us before He reveals that answer. And here, you know, God is all-powerful. He could have made it so that the angel showed up on day one, but Daniel had to go through three weeks of fasting and praying before he got his answer. And again, I think that's because God wanted us to show an example of a man of faith and show that the, the journey sometimes is more important than the destination. I love that. Thank you so much, Nathan. And I, I really just want to encourage those that are watching and listening to see that, hey, as soon as we begin to pray, God is at work. But it starts when we do begin to pray, when we do humble ourselves, when we do call upon the Lord. So it's action, right, Nathan? We take action against the things that are warring around us. And like you mentioned there, and we were talking about, right, Nate, also the, the fact that here are God's mighty angels revealing this. But even in the angelic realm, we see hindrance. And the hindrance, we notice, you reference verse 13, Nathan. Uh, but It says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Now, that's amazing to me right there. Can you talk to us a little bit about that verse? Well, it's interesting. We have 21 days of Daniel fasting and praying, and 21 days before this angel was able to reach him with the message. So as soon as Daniel was ready, God had sent out an angel. But... Satan somehow knew that whatever message was going to be revealed to Daniel was very important, and he yes. tried everything possible to stop him. And when we get into Daniel 11, we'll see why this message is so very important. I mean, it lays out the next few hundred years of history. It also lays out the conditions in the last days with the Antichrist. So it's a very important message, and somehow Satan knew about it. And he sent what's called the Prince of the Kingdom of Persia to withstand an angel. Now, we're not talking about the king of Persia, which Daniel served. Daniel served the prince of Persia at this time period. The Medo-Persian Empire had defeated the Babylonians. They'd taken over Babylon, where Daniel was, and Daniel still held court for King Darius and King Cyrus. And we read about here that uh, earlier in the chapter, it's King Cyrus at this time, the prophesied king who would allow the Jews to return back to Jerusalem. So this is a very important time period. And so Satan knew this message to Daniel was very important. So what he did is he sent the prince of the kingdom of Persia. We're not talking about King Cyrus here. Mm. We're talking about the demonic world where a demon who is the prince over Persia, a high-ranking official in Satan's hierarchy, withstood this angel, likely uh, the angel Gabriel. Nathan, what an excellent point you're making. You know, there's a few passages that come to mind, and I'm sure to you as well, 
But I thought, Nathan, would you be able to take us there to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, reading for us there verses 3 through 6, because I really believe what you're saying is something that also we see uh, in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. And, and it also reminds me what it says in Ephesians six twelve. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, and against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And Nate, there in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6, would you be able to read those for us and for our listening audience in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Well, it reads, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war it according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So, Nate, when you were sharing that, that's what came to my mind, because you know what? We also have weapons to war with, and prayer is one of those, right? That's an excellent verse, Vic. I hadn't even thought of Second Corinthians 10 until you brought it up, but it's very true. We as Christians are in the middle of a war. Matter of fact, the spiritual world is waging behind the scenes of governments, as you read, yeah. and we as Christians are part of that where We can't see the angelic world, although, brother, I was a missions major back in Bible college, and occasionally we'd have guest speakers who were missionaries, uh, especially to the tribal areas, you know, the yes. there's Stone Age-type tribes in the middle of Brazil and Indonesia and stuff like that, and they would tell us, and you would see the look in their eyes of absolute fear, they would actually see demonic activity. Mm. I remember one in particular who came from Indonesia, and he said that he had witnessed a woman dragged off her bed screaming and yelling, and yet there was nothing seen that could drag her off the bed. Uh, you hear all the time about demonic activity as, as terrorizing villages and tribes. Now, in our modern Western world, it's easier for demons to be behind the scenes and not really be directly active where it terrifies people. But in these third world, it really works with people to have demonic activity. It terrifies them, and it subjugates them to that demon who's ruling over that area. Mm. And here again... We are Christian warriors, and we are given the tools to fight against this warfare. Not carnal weapons. I don't have a sword. I, you know, a gun, a knife, those things won't work. But we're given spiritual weapons. Maybe you could tell us, uh, Vic, what's, what are some of those spiritual weapons? Well, Nathan, I can say uh, going to the Dominican Republic, like you said, doing missions in those areas close to Haiti, one of those spiritual weapons was prayer. And I remember, mm -hmm. Nathan, being out in the mission field in these places where there's no light, electricity, nothing, very rural. And boy, the manifestation of the demonic realm there, it is so real. And one of the weapons that we were needing, uh, what I wouldn't want to say needing to use, the only one left for us to use <laughs> was prayer. Because there were some scenes, something so thick in the air because of their voodoo practices and their black magic and everything else. That when we pray, you literally felt the spiritual realm being pushed back, Nathan. So one of the weapons is prayer. The, another weapon is fasting. And, uh, you know, and every time we pick up those uh, weapons, like we're reading here, to cast down arguments in every stronghold, we see God at work immediately, Nate. Good question. Well, we do. That's an excellent uh, story because I think of all the voodoo that comes out of Haiti. It's interesting as we read here back in, uh, if we go back to Daniel 10 here, how, how God answered that problem. Here, likely it's Gabriel, the chief messenger of God, sending a, coming down to Daniel with a message. 21 days he's in battle, and God sends Michael. 
And he's not just an angel. Michael is the archangel. He's yes. the top guy. He is the four-star general. <laughs> and God sends the four-star general to come down and help Gabriel fight the Prince of Persia. So whoever this Prince of Persia was, whatever demonic entity it was, it was one of the most powerful of yeah. Satan's. Now, you could see why, because when it came to Israel, the Persian Empire was one of the major empires that ruled over Israel. And uh, Daniel earlier, back in chapter 2 and other uh, chapters, he talked about the world empires that would affect Israel. We started with the, uh, uh, excuse me, the Babylonian Empire, then the Medo-Persian Empire, eventually the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire. Right. And these are the Gentile nations that trample Israel, and to this day, continue to trample Israel until Jesus Christ's return. And Michael is the angel over Israel. He is the chief protector of Israel. Mm. And so when you hear today, when you watch the news, and the Jews are in war against the surrounding nation, Hamas, and you hear stories where missiles are being rained into Israel, and all of a sudden they change course. Right. Or a Jewish soldier yeah. walks into battle, and he defeats 20 guys all by himself. Brother, these are stories that are happening today. You know that there's an angelic warfare behind them, and Michael is guiding their actions. You know, Nathan, and the Bible tells us that Jerusalem, Israel, is the center of the earth. God's eye is on there, and there's miracles happening there every single day. But you don't see that in the news, right, Nathan? They don't highlight that. <laughs> no, you have to watch certain news outlets to, to get that kind of information. The mainstream media is clearly owned by Satan. There, there's no doubt. It doesn't report anything pro-Israel. It's very anti-Semitic. It hides what's going on in the world a lot. And I'm not getting conspiracy theorists here, but yeah. they want us to understand and, and know what certain things going on in the world, especially like what stars doing what and, and Bruce Jenner doing what and all, but not the important stuff that's going on related to Israel. And there is proof that Jewish people are coming to know Jesus as their Savior because they're seeing God work through the Jewish people today. Absolutely. And it's been going on since Daniel 2,500 years ago. Mm, excellent point. I think I share with you, Nathan, Nathan uh, here we live very close to Aventura. There's a lot of Jewish people, and we've seen come some come to Christ by the Holy Spirit's work here in our own ministry. We have Jewish couples that are uh, their eyes were open, people that used to be very hard to the gospel. So we see, yeah, God is at work, and God's mighty angels are at work in the lives of people. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, brother. And I'm sure you're, you're using these spiritual weapons, right? Prayer and fasting and Bible reading and outreach to, to reach people for Christ. Absolutely. And you know, Nathan, you pointed out Michael, and, and I really believe, you know, this is uh, one of those individuals that you mentioned that is just amazing. All throughout history, from beginning to end, we see Michael involved. And also in Revelation chapter 12, right, Nate? Uh, we see that there, very evident, at Revelation 12, verses uh, 7 through 8. And I know you touched that on those before. Will you be able to touch base on those for us, Nate, and maybe read those for just maybe someone who's not familiar with the work of Michael the Archangel. Well, certainly. Uh, let's see, what verses did you want again? Yeah, uh, verses uh, 7 Seven? and 8 of Revelation uh, 12, and I think you might have touched on these last week when we were getting ourselves into the passage. Okay, okay, I got it up now. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, this passage takes place during the middle of the seven-year tribulation, yes. the worst time that's going to come upon the earth. And in the middle of it, Satan is going to try one more time to overthrow the heavenly realm. God has always allowed Satan access to the, 
the throne room of God so that he can accuse the saints and Jesus defend them saying, hey, I took the punishment on myself. You have nothing to argue about. And Satan tries one more time and who gets God sent but Michael and his angels to fight the dragon or otherwise known as Satan and fight his angels. And this is the last time that Satan is allowed before the throne of God until final punishment. He is now cast out, he and his demons, and they have three and a half years left before Jesus returned to wreak havoc on the world. You know, Nathan, that's why I think it was awesome as you were sharing about Michael, these passages suddenly came to light because we see Michael warring here in, when, when Daniel is praying, right? And then over 2,000 plus years later into the future, right? We see Michael again engaged. And it's almost to show our viewers and our listeners the importance of this warring angel that's on our side. It is. And it's amazing, too. It should give the Jewish people hope in Israel that they are defended. God has sent his most mighty warrior to defend them. And sure, they have gone through <laughs> they've gone through millennia of grief. Uh, and we read, especially in the Minor Prophets, because of their sin, their rebellion against mm -hmm. God. This is a chastisement period. But that chastisement period is coming to an end. Right. And we know even though the Jews have suffered horrendously over the last few millennia, they have always been protected by Michael so that a remnant will remain that will finally accept Jesus Christ as Savior when he returns and be a priestly people for Jesus Christ and his kingdom that will last a thousand years. Woo, that is amazing. And you know, Nathan, that's why as we, as we look at Daniel chapter 10, uh, verse 14, it's really awesome because I kind of see how these things have tied together. And, and it's really amazing how some of these events that were shown to Daniel, some were things that were going to happen uh, way into the future. But yet God wrote him down almost like to encourage us that are living here now to recognize this wonderful time period in which we're living in. It is. We're living in an amazing time period. And Daniel is just an amazing book because... A lot of the people who are skeptical about Daniel say, well, Daniel's prophecies are too accurate to have been given before these events. Therefore, Daniel, they give you a late date, you know, almost 100 uh, B.C. Oh, Daniel was written hundreds of years after these events. And what the angel's about to give Daniel will tell the history of what goes on for Israel all through the intertestamental time period up into a, this terrible ruler, this Seleucid ruler called Antiochus Epiphany shows up. And then it skips across the church age and goes right to the last days, the very end, when another uh, killer, terrible ruler like Antiochus Epiphanes, the Antichrist, comes on the scene. Excellent point. And Nathan, I know we don't have a lot of time left, and I noticed uh, verse 14 is also important there in Daniel chapter 10. Uh, would you be able to share with us a little bit there on verse 14, again, as we talk about this incredible prophecy extending into the future? Well, the verse reads, and this is the angel's answer, Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the revision refers to many days yet to come. So here the angel is saying why he's coming. He's going to give a prophecy about what will happen in the latter days, the last days, uh, the end times. And this vision refers to many days yet to come. So it refers to two things. What will happen at the very end of the time period of, of human government, mm -hmm. and I believe that we're living in that era now. And it also will cover many days. And so the prophecy through Daniel 11 will actually cover uh, two to 300 years of history. So last days, he's going to give you an answer for, and the next 300 or so years, he's going to explain. Excellent point. Thank you, Nathan. And that's why I, uh, that... that the, the, the word there, 
uh, the latter days is one that shows up a lot, right, Nathan, in different uh, parts of the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, and so on and so forth, and, and it's to describe a time period, right? Yeah, if you hear in the Bible, latter days, last days, end times, it all refers to that time period that hovers around the seven-year tribulation where God pours his wrath out onto the world and uh, then comes back with his saints, brother, you and me, and, and all those who have given us their lives to Christ, and defeats Satan and sets up his kingdom. So that's the key phrase that we can use throughout Bible prophecy to understand that a prophecy deals with the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Nathan, yeah, we're looking at this incredible passage here in Daniel uh, chapter 10. Again, for those of you that maybe just tuned into the program, again, you're tuned into the uh, Bible prophecy edition of our program, Big Batista Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Daniel chapter 10, God's mighty angels. Remember, our lines are open if you want to text in a question or a comment. Those of you that are watching us live via twitcasting.tv, twave.tv, you can also post there your questions or your comments uh, for us. But Nathan, thank you for bringing us through this passage. If you could continue on there, verse 15 and on, this is very exciting as these verses are being uh, opened up to us. Well, Daniel still having a little trouble being in front of this angel. So verse 15 reads, <laughs> When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face towards the ground and became speechless. And suddenly one, having the likeness of the sons of men, touched my lips. Either it's another angel or it's Christ himself. And then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me. I retain no strength, for how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord, lowercase Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Well, then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong, yes, be strong. So he said, Shalom. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. And he said, Lord, uh, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. And then he said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Wow. There's a lot in here, Nate. I mean, this is just amazing. But we notice, again, all these different entities that are being introduced here. Now, there are uh, different forms of angelic being, different ranks, and uh, even, I believe it's the Apocrypha, also mentions uh, 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 the angel Raphael and, and other places. But we see, again, there's a lot of angelic beings involved here. There are, and God is working throughout Israel's history. He hasn't abandoned them. He hasn't neglected them. He hasn't replaced them with the church. Right. God, to this day, has got angels like Michael and others serving Israel to the point of God's will, that God's will be done, that the remnant of the Jewish people will be saved. I love that. You know, Nathan, I also noticed, again, he talk, He also talks about there in verse 20, again, another prince uh, talks about Persia, and then uh, he talks about uh, a Greece. So we see that there's definitely that spiritual battle in Ephesians 6 between powers and principalities. And Greece, can you talk to us about a little bit of that passage there? Well, the Greek and the Persian Empire were, were at war a lot, and the Greek Empire wanted uh, revenge for a number of Persian attacks, and eventually the Greek Empire overthrows the Persian Empire and becomes the ruler, and that's Alexander the Great as he marched through the Middle East and took it over in a whirlwind. And so it seems like Satan can't keep his house together very well <laughs> because he's got two of his princes battling over the same area. Now, we know that God supercharged Alexander the Great and allowed him to take over, so I, I, you could definitely see that there is some rivalry and some problems inside Satan's house as different princes vie for power. 
Well, Nathan, I really, you know, it's, it's so interesting because people don't recognize, uh, again, that every one of these uh, governing bodies, uh, we see the United States of America. We also see the, the spiritual battle now because of the election. We see all these candidates, right? And that's why we really need to pray that God would, again, reveal himself powerfully in our nation because people are battling for position. And it's not always for the best interest of others, but we need for God to break through uh, uh, in our nation uh, as well, Nathan, because we're also very affected, just like Greece and Persia in modern days. And we can be sure that there is a demonic entity that has power over the United States. And I'm not saying the United States is under Satan's hold directly, but I'm saying that Satan has assigned many demons to try to take overthrow the United States. And brother, they are succeeding mightily right now. Absolutely. So Nathan, this is an amazing passage. And what we want to do is encourage those of you that are watching and those of you that are listening, get into uh, reading the book of Daniel, the following chapters as well, as you will continue to see this warfare uh, again, just break through uh, and also see God's intervention. And God is also here available to intercede for you and his mighty angels. And that's why oftentimes we encourage those of you that are watching the most important thing is for you to have a relationship with the lord especially you that are just that have tuned in and maybe you don't have a relationship with the lord listen there's a spiritual battle going out right now for your soul but today god gives you the opportunity for you to come to know him personally and you know nate before we close as we often do we'd love for you to maybe extend an invitation to anyone watching or listening how they can start that relationship with the lord right now from wherever they are have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. That's what you need to do. So pray in your heart, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. Jesus' promises he will forgive you of your sins. They will go on to him. Instead, he has taken the punishment for you by dying on the cross. And when you put your faith and trust in him, he promises you will be saved. Mm, amen. No, thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that wonderful word of prayer. And listen, we want to encourage those of you that have been tuned into the program our lines will remain open in case you're in need of prayer. We would love to be able to pray for you and ask the Lord to continue to strengthen.